This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver, our politicians have been talking a pretty big game when it comes to environmental justice. But now the climate activists say they just opened up a big fat loophole for some of our state's biggest polluters. So what gives? We've got one of our favorite reporters back on the show to break down the big climate story of the week, plus bald eagles, labor victories, and John Caldera's poop. Today is Friday, September 29th. I'm Paul Caroli, and here's what Denver's talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city that will pay you to visit Chicago, New York City, and even Orlando. That's taxpayer money to go to Disney World, Bree. What? But you just have to get yourself elected to the school board. Oh. Ooh. Did you see that scandal this week? No, but it sounds fishy. It sounds like the school board though, right? It does. The school board, we regret to inform you, the school board is at it again. Yeah, this case was uh, the Denver Post reporting that president of the board, Zochi Gaitan, uh, she... She pointed out that some of her colleagues, who she's disagreed with quite a lot in the past, have been going over the the norm, the cap for like how much you go to conferences and other parts of the... Man, I wish I was in the conference yeah. racket. You want to make a bunch of money? Just start a conference for something. That's a good idea. We should do that maybe. Um, it's Friday. Uh, it's, we're here. At, <laughs> we might have to cut that out. That's a good idea. Yeah. Don't steal my terrible idea. We wouldn't call it a conference though. We'd call it... Um, the conference of conferences? <laughs> and then you use all the conference jargon, like your plenary session. But it's just and your... like live music. Oh, I love a good plenary session. Yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. going in with my first conference in urban planning, and it was like your plenary session. And I was like, I am just going to go along with whatever this is and act like I know what I'm talking about. Where's the coffee and danishes? I'm just here for the really nice lunch. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's a nice dream. Maybe it, maybe it'll be real. Um, anyway, it's Friday. We're at the Fifty Two Eighty Magazine Studios. Bree is here. I'm back. You're back. I think. Yeah, we have to address the. If you were most listening yesterday, news. Yeah, I dumped an entire pint glass of iced coffee on my computer while we were recording the show. <laughs> so Peyton and Paul had to listen to me scream. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh my god. <laughs> And then I woke up my husband from dead sleep and was like, Greg, what do I do? And he's like Googling on his phone. He's like, don't use rice. Don't put it in rice. Okay, turn it over, <laughs> turn it over. And I was like, ah. so I'm on a, I'm on my burner computer okay. that we use to yeah. may or may not illegally stream games and plug it into our TV, mm -hmm. but it's working and I'm here. How are you emotionally though? That's kind of, that's going to be. I have to go to the Apple store. Sorry about so that. So I shout out to my friends that still work at the Apple store. I'm hoping you guys are there tomorrow or you're there tonight when mm -hmm. I uh, go to get my computer fixed. So. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's okay. Um, we're all pulling for it. Thank we're, you. Thanks. I uh, hope that laptop can make it. Um, so you've already heard her voice. We have a great returning guest today. Uh, she's a brilliant reporter with the Denver Post. Noelle Phillips is here. Welcome back, Noelle. Hey, y'all. Hey. 
Noelle, you're a uh, you're a big Halloween person. I love Halloween. It's it's coming up. How are you? How are you feeling? You excited? Well, um, this year we've added the giant twelve foot Home Depot skeleton. Oh, you did get one. Oh boy. And um, so my credit card rewards <laughs> have been like, when I get enough, I need to spend. I get a Home Depot gift card. How and close I, are you? Are you there? I got there. You did it. And then I set an alert from Home Depot for when he went on sale because they're limited. And wow. The, the first day I got my alert, I went online with my gift cards and bought him. Which since You're it's not credit, messing around. It's yeah. credit card rewards. It's essentially free, right? Like I mean, that, you free. had to spend that money so, anyway, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? Anyway, he's up and we're very excited. Yeah, we were talking about last time we talked to you was on Zoom and you had like a sarcophagus behind you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you were just like, oh, don't mind that. You know, it's Halloween. <laughs> like, sure, everyone has one of these in their yeah. house. Yeah, the sarcophagus <laughs> is not out yet, but it will be. <laughs> Noelle, I have to ask you, this is this is the end of our, uh, our week-long look at fall getaways, a celebration of fall getaways. As a Halloween person, do you have a favorite fall getaway? Like a thing you do, a place you like go. Uh, we like to hit or... the haunted houses around town. So 13th nice. floor, terror in the corn, all the classics. Yeah. Get chased through cornfields and scream. And oh, my it's gosh. Big fun. I don't know. I yeah, admire you all for doing no. that. Can't do it. <laughs> Happy for you. <laughs> Can't fix. <laughs> um, uh, before we get to our main, our top story today, um, really good one. Uh we launched a membership program. Oh yeah, we yeah. did. We should talk about it. It's a very exciting new thing we're doing. Um, that's really now the best way for you all who listen to this show every day and know how much hard work goes into it can support us. We are four full-time working journalists. And yeah. when you join our membership program for as little as eight bucks a month, you help us stay in business. You help us you help make this, this thing sh- exist. Make this show. We make this show five days a week and we love doing it. And um, the fact that you can support us means so much more because we really think of ourselves as a community, um, an asset and something that we hope that you utilize as as a place to get information about the city. And And I don't know. I just love doing it. And I, I know we have great listeners the and best. great readers already. And so many of you have already signed up, which is incredible. Um, but if you haven't already, you can go to membership.citycast.fm today and sign up. And support this work. Bria, I got a question for you. Sure. What's the local business that's gone away that you most oh, miss? Oh, jeez, Paul. Get in line. I know there's probably a list, but what's what's one of them? I mean, immediately what comes to mind is Racine's. Racine's was my restaurant. It was my family's restaurant. I had my high school graduation party there in the 90s. I... I had been going, I've had political meetings there. I've had band meetings there. I've had family. I just, it was such a special place to me. And I was heartbroken when they closed. And then, because, you know, pandemic, they had already sold the building. It's long hey, it gone. Happens. It happens. I was actually happy for them. They got to retire. Lee Goodfriend and David Racine, I think, were the two that were left of this restaurant group. And, but I would do anything to have their nutty cheese salad again in one of their booths. Oh, so good. You would have loved it, Paul. I'm sure I would have. I'm Bananas, sad that nuts, it's not around. On a salad. Um, Great. You see the connection I'm drawing here? <laughs> if we are your racines. <laughs> we would just connect these dots. If we yeah, are the racines to your racines. listening experience, donate or uh, join our membership program today. We want to be around for many years to come. Yes. Membership.citycast.fm. Sure. Cool. Uh, all right. Our top story. Real hot topic. Kind of all summer. But honestly, it's like a hundred-year-old story. I we're was just, gonna say we're just living here in the twilight of the the big Suncor refinery. It's <laughs> it's falling apart. 
uh, in Commerce City. That's where it is if you've driven on I-70 lately. I talked to a friend this morning. They was they were like, I don't know what Suncor is. And I was like, what? I feel like Suncor is like constantly occupying like 10% of my uh, mind. But I, Noah, maybe you have this problem too. We're journalists. We're like hyper-focused on things Correct. that I think sometimes the general public is like, I don't know. Why are you guys so obsessed yeah, with there's this? There's a red and white striped smokestack yes. over there. And a lot of people think that is Suncor and they'll call and go, Suncor's putting out a lot of smoke today. And it's that's an Excel natural gas electric, electrical generation plant, and it mm-hmm. puts out a lot of steam. And, and it does have emissions. Natural gas uh, creates. But you're the annoying green. guy that's like, actually, right. like, let me tell mm, you what that no, is. No, not the red and white one. That's not Suncor. <laughs> but Suncor is this thing that is, I mean, it's in the midst of a community that's also been here just as long, if not longer. Yep. And, and they keep polluting it. It's yeah. it's constant. And uh, also, it's very important to our economy. Asphalt, jet fuel, cheap gas. That's what they make. The news this week, Noel, uh, what we want to talk to you about is um, you reported that Colorado's air quality regulators last Friday approved a new set of rules that include what some people are calling a loophole to allow big manufacturers in the state, emitters like Suncor, to keep on polluting. Uh, Noel, climate activists are upset about this. Why are they upset? It's, it's two loopholes. Two loopholes. If you talk to okay. the climate activists, yes. Okay. Um, so this regulation affects the 18 largest manufacturers in Colorado. So Suncor, Molson Coors, Natural Soda, Laprino Foods, Cargill, microchip processors. And it requires them to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions by 20% by 2030 based on a 2015 baseline. So the regulators were like, you reported that the regulators were like, we should focus on these big manufacturers because that's the best way to cut emissions. And then they had these rules that were like meant to get the manufacturers to the goals. Is that where we're at? Right, right. But then these loopholes, what what are the loopholes, I guess? (laughs) (laughs) What are the cheat codes? Yeah, um, the proposed plan that now has passed the one thing that is for certain is there will be a credit trading program or credit market for these 18 companies. Phillips Incorporated cuts her emissions. She can earn credits. And if Davies Incorporated has failed, Davies can buy my credits and then Davies doesn't have to cut her emissions. So that was in the original proposal that CDPHE's Air Pollution Control Division wrote, sent to the Air Quality Control Commission, and they accepted that. That was already getting a lot of criticism from environmental activists and people who live in Commerce City, North Denver, Adams County, where the refinery is located. I'm just blown. This feels like me paying you to cheat off your paper. Yeah. So that's loophole one. Whoa. Yeah. This this cap and trade that they would say allows manufacturers to keep emitting. Do they just pay more? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They they don't like cap and trade. That's California. This is a credit. They don't call it that. No. Okay. No. I I called it that in an interview and was corrected. <laughs> it's credit. Okay. <laughs> credit market. Interesting. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. So loophole number two. During the meeting, which started Wednesday afternoon and went until just before midnight Friday, the Chamber of Commerce and the manufacturers said, well, we would like to create a fund that if we're going to miss our targets, we can pay into. This fund then will help do things to cut greenhouse gas emissions in the state. 
and we want to be able to pay into this if we're missing out. The commission didn't approve it right away, but told CDPHE, go back, create this fund, and come back in September 2025 and tell us how it's going to work. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so all of the environmental activists and um and it's not just environmental activists who are against this. There's a coalition. They're called, they call themselves CC4C. And it's basically 42 local governments, like city and counties along the Front Range, that also oppose this. So it's not just, you know, earthworks and earth justice. And, it's like a lot of elected officials. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of people who are like, wait, no. They, they call it pay to pollute. Like these guys will just oh, be allowed. That's like a perfect way to describe it. Mm-hmm, just be pollute. allowed to like, you know what? We don't want to have to do this. And so we'll just contribute however much you're going to require into this fund. And then we don't have to improve technology at our plant or do other things to cut emissions. Oh my gosh. I feel for the environmental activists in particular who have just been working on this, you know, some folks for decades and being like, why are we still having this conversation? Like paying out, paying, paying your way out of changing essentially. Yeah. And so on the business side of things. Yeah. Their argument was some of us have already cut greenhouse gas emissions and are really have hit that baseline. Wait, who's who's they? Who's arguing this? Um, some of the some of the polluters. Polluters, yeah. Okay. Some of the corporations who okay. are the, of the eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like so complicated and nuanced. I'll try to keep it clean for everybody. But the so the the argument from the Chamber of Commerce and the businesses is this is going to be expensive. And we may get to a point where technology cannot help us cut greenhouse gas emissions even further. So we will either have to cut production to cut emissions, which means less work, fewer jobs, or we can move somewhere else where they don't have these rules. And then you're still going to breathe our greenhouse gas emissions because they don't have rules and we'll still be putting it into the sky. And so we might just leave Colorado. Now, I... Is Suncor going to build a new refinery somewhere else? There's this one company, Natural Soda, and I'm an idiot. When I first heard about them, I was like, oh, I must buy those at Natural Grocers. <laughs> that's what I. That's exactly Delicious. what I'm thinking. But no, it's baking soda. There's a baking soda mine. It's the only one in the United States. It's in Colorado. You mine baking soda? Yes. That's, how it, that's where I, my baking soda? I use it in my wash. Not all of it. You can okay. make it like a chemical formula to like okay. create baking soda but this you can actually mine whoa but if it's the only one in the united states are they they're gonna not gonna go anywhere move. no it's a mine yeah so um, the 18 polluters manufacturers they're like uh hey by the way we're the whole economy like we're really big we're really important that's their pushback uh, the, basically yeah and the you know i had um Colin Tom is a climate analyst in boulder county and she was like the balance of power in that room between the environmental groups and local governments versus the 18 and all of their lawyers. Oh, she said it I was mean, just way out of balance. Uh, and just to reiterate, this is Coors. This is Leprino Foods, the biggest mozzarella cheesemaker in the world. Right. We're These talking are meat. Mass yeah. Cargill. These yeah. are yeah. meat products. Gosh. Microchips. I mean, things we use every single day. Yep. yep. Every time you get a pizza, yeah. you're probably getting Leprino <laughs> Foods cheese on your pizza. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm 60% Leprino Foods cheese, I think. I should probably send him a thank you card. Um, the, we should talk about politics. So how do we change the balance of power would be politics, right? Like empowering our elected officials to do more to regulate harder. Well, Don't here's a 
little quirk of this thing. So, you know, the Air Pollution Control Division wrote the proposal of how we would get these 18 to cut their greenhouse gas emissions. There was, I think, 16 state senators and representatives who wrote the law that forcing this to happen, who sent a letter to CDPH and was like, yeah, we don't like this. You're not doing it right. You're not going to meet what we at required in the law. So the lawmakers don't like it. Mm. And then that law also created this climate advisory group that like advises CDPHE when they write these policies, like to meet the demands of environmental justice and like make sure the most impacted people are taken care of. They came out against it. So you've got like even people who've like written the policies and the laws like, we don't like this. And it got passed anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, well, I don't feels, know. I, I, just feels like money. I, I think so, too. It's a real money problem and where money. the money is and yeah. who's getting but that money. And The Colorado Energy Office supports this um, fund that will be created in September 2025. Well, that's a Polis appointee. Yeah. And so if they're supporting it and you know Jared Polis and his administration support it. Yeah, and he's the he's the interesting person here, I think, because like as you've reported, back when Suncor had to shut down for a few months at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. the price of gas went up, and like we don't know it's all because of Suncor going offline, but probably. Yeah. Um, his whole campaign, his whole governorship has been about saving Coloradans money, like those few charges, those upcharges. Like it's inconceivable that he would make a decision to to regulate harder on Suncor if it meant people had to pay more. I, that, that is just like completely at odds to me. It's just, do you see, you see what I mean? I kind of do. I guess I'm thinking about too. He's like, he's a parent. Hmm. Like, are you not thinking about the future for your children? <laughs> like I, you can be pro business, I guess, but like what's, what business is to be had on a dead planet? <laughs> like not to get yeah. that bleak, but that's the conversation. That's it kind of feels like wh- where we're at. And like, I don't know. I, I, Noel, you've been following this for so long and reading every single piece that you've written about this. I keep, just keep thinking like, what year is it? It feels like we're having the same conversations over and over and over again. Like, this is bad for the environment. This is bad. People can't breathe in their own homes because they live within this vicinity of Suncor. And it's like, oops, Suncor accidentally violated some laws. Here's $700,000. Oops. And it's just like, how do we keep having that same conversation over and over again? It's mind-boggling to me. That's our question, though. How do we keep having <laughs> that conversation? Keep- How do we do it? Yeah. <laughs> All I can do is keep writing about it <laughs> yeah. and hope people pay attention. And at some point, something will click. And, uh, I mean, that's where the paper comes in is so crucial. You're the public record. So they can say whatever they want, but we have proof that they said this three years ago. Yeah. You know? And every, I mean, every climate scientist will tell you our planet's in peril. Right. Like this summer was the hottest recorded we're living through summer it. Summer on record. Yeah. And it's urgent. To, yeah. And yeah, so Colorado can put these rules in place. And if Wyoming, Nebraska, Utah don't do it, there's still a lot of greenhouse gas emissions. But somebody's got it somewhere has got to start, right? Yeah. And go, look, we can do this. It can be done. And we can still have vibrant commerce and trim our greenhouse gas emissions and smog and ozone pollution. I want to ask you a question, Noel. Maybe this is a good place to end. Environmental justice. What's the path towards that? What does that look like? Well, I've been covering this since late 2020. And I will say that when I first started writing about it 
the words environmental justice did not come out of the mouths of public officials or regulators very often. Now they're at least saying it. They're talking about it. So the next step is to act on it for make real change. Um, So one of the stories I'm working on should run in Sunday's edition of the Denver Post is the settlement that was announced September 6th with the EPA. Mm -hmm. And so Suncor will pay $160,000 civil penalty because they put too much benzene in gasoline. And so this dirty gas was sold at gas stations, mostly in Adams County. And the gas is made in Adams County. So $160,000 civil penalty, and then $600,000 will go to the Modown Pollution Program, which provides vouchers and grants for electric or battery-powered lawn and garden equipment. Hmm. So now everybody in Cobar City and North Denver who can qualify for these vouchers are like, wait a minute. So they dump all these fumes in the air that I breathe that give much cause asthma problems and nosebleeds and all these health problem issues. And I get a coupon for an electric lawnmower. <laughs> and I mean, that's, that's Colorado right now. That's also, so you want me to fill out a bunch a of paperwork to oh, jump through all these hoops <laughs> to get my yeah. quote unquote free electric. It's like kind of offensive to me. It's not free. Uh, we, they, the regional air quality <laughs> council who will administer the program. And now granted, they're called the RAC. The RAC was not in on the negotiations. They're just called and said, hey, we're going to have this deal. Do you want the money and can you distribute? And they're like, sure, because we already have the Modown Pollution Program. So, And I guess not to undermine that program. Th- that's fine. Yeah. I think what they do yeah. is great, but it's not it's to me, it's like it's a disconnection from the reality Correct. of what benzene in the air does versus having an electric lawnmower. Right. And if you get like a hundred dollar voucher for an electric lawnmower, I looked on Home Depot's website and it looked like the cheapest one, like a battery powered one is three hundred and ninety nine dollars. So if your family budget is already tight right. and you don't need a new lawnmower, are you going to take the hundred dollar coupon and then take another three hundred out of your household budget to buy a lawnmower because you can? No. It, I mean, I, I, I'm thinking about and the, the, the list of things that a family might need in this moment. I could see that being very low on that priority. List. Yeah. And then the other piece of this is the grant program to buy electric lawn and guard equipment for county governments and school boards, city halls, parks and recs departments. That's a big chunk of this money, too. Governments in the front range who aren't Adams County <laughs> or North Denver will be able to qualify. So some politicians in Adams County Commerce are like, wait a minute, we choke on the fumes, Hmm. but Weld County can buy new lawnmowers for their parks department, even though they're further away from it. Um, So everybody Hmm. is just really insulted. By this whole situation. I I asked one activist, like, are you disappointed? Like, disappointed is too nice of a word. (laughs) I'm angry. Yeah. Yeah. So people are like really incensed over this. Well, if you're angry out there listening to this, if you've read any of Noel's reporting, you've had a feeling about it, I want to hear about that. I want to know if you would rather be paying a dollar more per gallon for gas than living with Suncor. So call in the Suncor hotline, 720-500-5418. We want to hear from you. Um, again, that number is 720-500-5418. But right now, we're going to go to a quick break, and we're going to be back with uh, Rocky Mountain Highs and Lows. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. 
because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone, and there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. This episode is brought to you by the Denver Botanic Gardens. It's time for the 75th annual spring plant sale at the Denver Botanic Gardens. Mark your calendars for Friday and Saturday, May 10th and 11th. Admission is free, but you must register in advance at botanicgardens.org. Registering my husband, Greg, right now for the plants I want him to pick out and plant in our yard for me. Shop from 15 different plant divisions, including annuals, houseplants, herbs and veggies, and specialties like aquatics, container garden in a bag, and plants grown right at the gardens. The garden's horticulture staff will be on site to answer any and all plant questions you may have. This sale emphasizes water smart and native plants that are perfect for our semi-arid climate. They'll be great for a beautiful landscape that doesn't require a bunch of water. For more details, registration information, and a catalog of available plants, go to botanicgardens.org. That's botanicgardens.org. All right, we're back. Uh, we're going to do our favorite way to end the week. Rocky Mountain highs. And lows. And Below lows. sea level lows. That was fun. Highs and lows. Wins and fails, wins a.k.a. And fails. wins and fails. Who wants to do the first fail? First fail. Noelle? I get to go. Do you want to? Yeah. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, so my fail, and it's a continuous fail in Denver. This weekend, uh, Lauren Pennington for the Denver Post reported four pedestrian fatalities Ugh. in a matter of like maybe less than 48 hours. And we're on track to break another record with people who are killed trying to walk around our city. And it just doesn't need to happen. Like, one, well, a few accidents are going to happen, sure, but... My goodness, like this is just. But the fact that it keeps getting worse, like yeah. more people are yeah. dying of something I think transit advocates would say is almost 100% preventable. Yeah, it should you know? be. Like if drivers pay attention, slow down. Like my, on my way into the office to do this podcast with y'all, a, a light turned green for me um, coming down Larimer. And a pedestrian started across the crosswalk anyway. So, you, like, was he not supposed to do that? Yeah. But whose responsibility is it to watch out for it? Me, because I'm in a large vehicle and this dude's on foot. And right. I just couldn't live with myself if I was, like, yeah, fiddling it's like on my phone or drunk or <laughs> going way too fast and, like, plowed over a person, even if they did break up like no that's the disconnection i think that i think i i hear from drivers is like well they should be paying attention and i'm like you know that you're a person outside of your car right like you inherently have the upper hand when you're driving the machine whether that person is jaywalking or whatever it's still on you 
I mean, and, and again, like you said, they're not 100% accidents will happen. But I think at the rate that they're happening and the fact that we're supposedly in this Vision Zero plan that's supposed to cut down on them and they actually keep getting worse, yeah, I think awful. it says a lot about our city. Yeah, it's just awful. Yeah, I think it's about our city, but I think I think it might say even more about the state because these are, I think a lot of those happen on that's, this is Colorado data, right? Uh, Denver. This is Denver. I believe it's the Denver. city of Denver. Okay, because I, I was maybe this. it is Colorado data for pedestrian fatalities. Yeah, but the the four this week were in like Denver and Arapahoe County. Hmm. Like so, across Colfax, one was actually actually one of them was in Adams County, like right when you go across the line into Aurora because Aurora split. So. Hmm. I'm the four this weekend were like the metro area. Like, Boy. yeah. There's so much to talk about with this subject right now. I feel like this is an interesting moment in transit. People are changing their minds right now. Brie, what yeah. are you thinking? Well, and I was just going to say, even if we think about, okay, state highways and stuff, of course, are more yeah. dangerous by nature. But like I drive to my in-laws house in Littleton. I drive down Wadsworth. It's like eight lanes across. It's like a highway through the quote unquote communities where I watch pedestrians trying to dodge people across eight lanes of traffic. Like it's not just a highway problem. Um, it's like, I don't know. We could, you're right. We could yeah, talk we could, about this forever and ever, like, but it is it's something we've got to do. Next week, uh, the Streets Partnership is promoting this like car-free week. I think we're going to talk about that more. So, I mean, let us know what you, you how you're feeling. If you're going to do a car-free week, um, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Anyway, we got to move on. Uh, uh, Bree, why don't you take the next film? <laughs> oh, well, John. Good one for us. John Caldera is at it again. Um <laughs> He's he had the, a big week. He had a big week. He's the head of the think the uh, Independence Institute mm -hmm. for whatever you want to make of that. Libertarian leaning. <sighs> um, do they call themselves a think tank? I yes. you know what's Media funny is I saw operation. various headlines about this. Some people called him a business owner. Some people called him a think tank leader. I would call him something else. I can't say on this show. Um, but he supposedly picked up human waste from in front of his business or his building and took it to the Capitol to let Mike Johnston and company know that he has had it with people defecating on the street. First of all, I was like, did he really pick up somebody else's poop and carry it like Ew. in his car? What a weirdo. Ew. Or is he lying and did he actually just defecate and bring his own poop? That's not the issue here. The issue is um, this This is just he just used this as a platform to scream about unhoused people when in reality there's a really simple solution to this, which is public restrooms. So if you're really incensed by people defecating on the street, maybe talk to your city council member about getting a public restroom put into your community somewhere. Because guess what? Not just unhoused people use them. Everybody uses them because I have yet to meet a human being that doesn't need to go to the bathroom. I, you know, I wonder if if the Independence Institute's bathrooms are available to the public. I would like to know that too. If, if people are going to the bathroom outside the Independence maybe let Institute, them in to use maybe the they could use the one yeah, on the inside. Yeah, let them in to use the restroom because again, they're human beings that have to use the restroom. He parlayed it into this whole argument against drug users who should be jailed and I mean, you know, the usual blah 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 instead of housed and. I just have to say, I've interviewed this gentleman one time for a story, and I'm pretty sure my editor was just trying to throw me to the wolves for a minute. And I won't say who that editor is because we all know this person. But um, he said something to me so disgustingly misogynistic about a sitting uh, legislator, female legislator, that I would never talk to him again in person. It was the grossest, most inappropriate thing I've ever heard somebody say about a legislator when I was interviewing them about legislation. So I, to me, this just circles back to John Caldera being a, a horrendous boil on the face of what is Colorado. And 
I hope he stops playing with poop and I'd love for him to get involved with the uh, public restrooms initiative. Like start pushing for that if you really hate it so much. Wow, that's a that's a good one. It's good. That's a Rocky Mountain low. It um, is. It's at the bottom of the toilet. I, it sounds like Bree wouldn't be interested in talking to Mr. Caldara, but uh, I would love to. I will never talk to him. No, he's he talks unspeakably terrible about women. So Gosh. I'm good. Well, we'll I mean, ongoing conversation. Sure. I, it, he's he is a person. I think people look to him. I think he has people that follow him. <laughs> I think this is, you know, like, I think that's just a part of the city to reckon with. Like, it might not be, we disagree with him on a lot of things. Uh, yeah, but I'm also just saying that he has also said things about women. Yeah. Like, that's not disagreeing. It's Yeah, it's different. So, at any rate, have fun I don't know with your poop. That. Maybe, oh, God. What's what your disgusting fault? stunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a weird, also, just weird. So weird. Um, My fail... Uh, Eagles, eagles, bald eagles. Our best bald eagle habitat, one of the best birding destinations in the whole state is Bar Lake. And uh, apparently a dozen bald eagles have been roosting there now year round in the cottonwoods surrounding Bar Lake. We don't have an eagle cam on these guys? I don't know if there is a cam there. (gasps) There's a great cam at the Fort St. Vrain nuclear or the old nuclear plant, current uh, natural gas plant. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Um, But yeah, so anyway, the Denver Post reports this week that Farmers Reservoir and Irrigation Company is starting a five-year project to increase the water storage capacity of Bar Lake, which apparently is actually a reservoir that is used for agricultural purposes. And expanding it means eagle habitats are being threatened. (gasps) Oh, no. 20, 80-year-old cottonwood trees are set to be cleared out (sighs) this year. Um, None of these particular trees hold eagle nests, but this is, you know, this is one of the best places for birders, for bird diversity in the state. And uh, Also, why are we ever cutting down mature trees? You cannot replace a mature tree. You can replace a tree, but you can't replace it with a mature tree. I mean, this is like the cottonwood is like the... The, the, the tree that has the most strong connection to us as a and this place is our and our history. It's my favorite kind of tree because I grew up on the Cherry Creek. It's the best. It's oh, the best. That's unfortunate. Can we circle back to Suncor? <laughs> Make the connection for us. What oh, is it? Yeah, so same area. Suncor releases their discharge wastewater into Sand Creek, which flows into the Platte River, which ends up in Bar Lake. Oh boy! When you is used for why agriculture. Are stilling, why are we still pouring things into yeah. waterways? So. Anyway, hmm. the eagles are drinking that. Oh, fishing from it. Oh. Gosh, I, I don't this, know how their population has been growing. This <laughs> fail sucks even worse than I thought it would. We're losing trees. We got polluted waterways. We got bald eagles in danger. Let's talk about some wins. Let's okay. talk about some good stuff. Noel, do you have one ready? Yes, I would like to um, say that there was a victory for labor in Denver. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. Um, on Friday, the Denver News Guild ratified a contract mm-hmm. and uh, brought the first raises to the Denver Post newsroom since 2016. 3% this year, 3% next year for a total of 6% raise, and it's huge for us. That's awesome. We got money I... out of Alden Global Capital. Yeah, t- this is... We- Bree and I both know, we feel this, we've been paying attention. For people who don't know what that means. They're not a hedge fund anymore. They're like a family-owned something. They kind of changed. But anyway, they're this uh, big corporation that uh, strips newspapers for parts to line the pockets of the two principals in the fund. And uh, they own our our newspaper, newspapers in Southern California, the Bay Area, the Chicago Tribune. And so for the Denver News Guild to get this raise, it's probably... We hope precedent setting for all the other newspaper union newspapers within the chain, and maybe for journalists at other outlets in Denver. 
uh, when you know you want to be competitive and hire the best journalist, you need competitive wages. And so with us bumping up our salaries, we hope that that has ripple effects throughout journalism. We're pretty proud. And throughout the community, too. I mean, this yeah. is going to – more reporters means a better – Honestly, just a better city. Yeah. Well, for, you know, for us, like for me, I put a lot of money in my 401k and because of the cost of living going up, I was like, I'm going to have to scale back what I'm saving for retirement. Now with this raise, I don't have to do that. That's a really yeah. good one. We've been talking Great about win. labor. Great win. Gosh, for the last two years, so many stories around labor organizing of different types of industries and all of them are important. And mm -hmm. it's really cool to hear that. It's, yeah, it's any, nice to hear a win. Yeah. Any newsrooms out there that want to unionize, give me a call. <laughs> I'll help. Noel knows what's up. Um, yeah, great win. Great win. Uh, congratulations, Noel. Um, how about I'll go next? Go for it. You can you can end, Bree. Sure. Um, so I didn't realize this, but I, I'm going to make this a whole climate-themed show. We talked about Suncor, talked about the Eagles. I talked to Joe Neguse, the congressman for uh, for Boulder, a couple of years ago when he was really excited about this idea to uh, to make a climate core, like the old civilian oh, yeah. conservation core. You remember this? I remember this, yeah. Where it was like, put put young people to work, you know, people who aren't finding work or maybe want to weigh into green tech or one of these emerging industries. Um, have the federal government pay them to just do public works projects to support the climate and uh, the earth. So this week, President Joe Biden signed an executive order to do that. It is real now. It is now a federal program. So 20,000 young people are going to be going on to these, quote, career pathways in the growing fields of clean energy, conservation, and climate resilience. And I think that is a, that's a pretty big win for Congressman Neguse from Boulder. And for us. I think that's yeah. really incredible. My best friend works in workforce development for the state. And um, all of these industries need folks so bad. They are paying to train people to, you know, to make new career pathways. And I think this is a nice sort of end to our climate conversation where we can say there's something good happening. Yeah, you it, know? Is, it is. Nice. And I'm, that there's jobs out there. That's the other exactly. thing. We can create jobs in ways that don't require us to kill the planet, you know? Yeah. I mean, the yeah. I mean, and who knows, who knows what the, who knows what this climate core is going to do, but um, it's a new thing. We'll see. It's just an executive order. It's like kind of the one downside. So the next president could roll it back. Like this isn't, congressionally funded and approved, but, um, you know, still. It exists. I mean, I think it's a win for Congressman Goose. So that's cool. Bree? Um, mine is mostly for musicians out there. Um, Cervantes announced this week that it's not taking uh, merch fees from bands. So basically, huh. when you go to buy a T-shirt from a band at a concert, um, a lot of times a percentage of that sale has to go back to the venue. And artists have been fighting this for a long time because... It's like any other industry. It struggled tremendously during the pandemic. But even before that, the margins are really slim. And merchandise is where a lot of bands would make their money because they don't get a cut off the bar. A lot of times they don't get a cut from the door. They have an agreement and they get this paid this much. So the merchandise fees were cutting into what little artists were getting in the first place. And Cervantes said, we're not going to do that anymore. Wow. And um, they're like, you know, they're like a smaller-ish venue. They're independently owned. Mm -hmm. Um but Live Nation also announced this week that they wouldn't be do they would stop taking merch fees from certain level size venues as well. And Live Nation is it's nice to see a local like Cervantes do it, but Live Nation is across the country and a lot of times bands cannot not interact with Live Nation. Yeah. Like you Live Nation runs so many venues here. And so and they're like a giant corporation. So them taking a step to do this too is really important and I just 
and then some Live Nation is giving a like a stipend of some kind of band sometimes in addition to, which made me realize like how much money were they playing with <laughs> that they weren't giving it to bands? Huh. But I think about the folks I know that work for Live Nation, like on the ground. I know stage managers. I know talent buyers. These folks are working 80 hours a week to begin with. So it was the people way above them yeah. that were benefiting from these like merch fees. So it's been a move throughout the industry for a long time because uh, it's kind of like bands against the promoters a lot of times it feels like and this is just a little bit of a way to even the playing field and i don't know i have some friends that are in bands that like this is their livelihood and that not the the venue not taking 20 percent could make a huge difference to them in their quality of life so you have to give up a cut of your t-shirt sales but they uh -huh. don't give a cut up of their of their alcohol alcohol sales no. and you're they're selling alcohol because you're there right huh. yeah yeah the balance of well, power they're the platform is they're the marketplace I think they are providing some value to the transaction. Sure, but like where else, how much more do you need to take from the talent? I mean, that's the decision. I mean, some, I think what Cervantes is doing is saying, hey, talent, come to us. Like we want to book bigger bands who which want I to love. have a bigger cut. It's very, very talent friendly. It's it's like an interesting strategic move in this marketplace to distinguish themselves. And also they're still independently owned, which is so very they can do rare. This. Yeah, that's which so is rare and super cool. So, huh. Yeah, so I hope that I my hope is that it becomes more standard across the industry because I have so many friends that this is their livelihoods and their job. It's my husband's job, and it's it. This could make a huge difference. So good job, Cervantes, and I tip my hat to Live Nation, which I don't do often. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. And that's the show uh, today. That's uh, those are our Rocky Mountain winds and jeez, oh, <laughs> Louise, <laughs> Rocky Mountain highs and lows. I think that's it. I think it's officially that. Okay, call it Rocky Mountain Eyes right? Isn't yeah. that the best one we got? It's, Is that what our friend Jenny said yeah, yeah. from University Park? Exactly. Jenny, you were correct. She's right. You're Rocky correct. Mountain Highs and Lows. Rocky yeah. Mountain Highs and Lows. Anyway, okay. Noelle Phillips, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. This was fun. I hope people learn something. Oh, yeah. And then check out your your story in the, in the Sunday, Sunday Denver, Denver Post. Sunday Denver Post. You want to learn more about what's going on? You got it. Cool. All right. Thanks. See you next time. That's all for the week here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, Natalie Rivera, Lizzie Goldsmith, and Olivia Jewell-Love. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mocochetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, rate us five stars, follow us on Instagram at CityCast Denver, and tell John Caldera about us the next time you see him. You can sign up for that daily newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. And hey, don't wait, become a member today at membership.citycast.fm. See you next week. Solved all my problems. Can I ride that mower to work? <laughs> Can Maybe. I park my mower out? There are electric charging stations. I don't know if they fit for lawnmowers. I should find out. If you're John yeah. Deere. <laughs> it's a funny image. <laughs> right into downtown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we'll get an electric, a little electric riding mower. <laughs> I do have a yard that's 6,000 square. Well, it's mostly dirt. So I like this though. Like the, We're going yeah, somewhere. The transit people complain. She's going to cut someone's leg off. <laughs> Coming through. Watch out. Yeah, maybe. I'm riding my John Deere. It's a big, yeah, it's possible. It happens. <laughs>